everybody. Today is um, January 8th. Happy New Year. This is episode seven of the Current Status Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I'm Melissa Palmer, and you can find me at vmiss33 on Twitter. And I am Teresa Miller. Looking forward to tonight's episode as well. You can find me on Twitter at 24by7itconnect. And I'm Pumla Schmidt. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. And you can find me on Twitter at Exchange Goddess. We have a very action-packed show for you tonight. Um, We have a very special (laughs) guest here. His name is Rawlinson, and you can find him at Punching Clouds on Twitter. And Rawlinson, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do? So I'm, I'm a senior technical architect at VMware. Senior Technical Architect. That sounded kind of weird. Senior Technical Marketing Architect at VMware. Um, I work on a lot of the software-defined storage technologies that we have, one of them being Virtual SAN. The other one, which is the super hot one right now, it's Virtual Volumes. Uh, and amongst other things, I like to joke around, you know, play pranks with people, and work a lot. I'm a workaholic. Do you manage to find time to grab life by the V-Vols when you're not working? That's, that's how I live. <laughs> That's how I do it. There's no other so, way. So I know VVOLS is a super hot topic, but you know, some people watching this might not be so familiar with it. Can you kind of give us a little quick overview of what they do? Sure. So, In English. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll see how, how, how well I can get this off. So virtual volumes, also known as VVOLS, it's a new management framework that VMware is now extending onto external arrays which allows uh, you know, storage arrays and storage and customers that have these external arrays to leverage their array-based technologies on an individual or per se granular uh, approach on a per virtual machine, per object basis, which overall ends up providing uh, ease, you know, an easier way to manage an infrastructure so we don't have to worry much about managing an infrastructure and how it's consumed uh, it's able to deliver rich uh, ser- data services that are available within the array. And now one big thing on this is the fact that a, a an actual storage array is able to now understand what a VMDK is in the sense. Obviously, uh, virtual volumes, which is what's being introduced, is a, is a derivative of that, right? So it's a way that they can reside natively on an array without us having to have, for example, uh, a VMFS file system in there. And even though that's all a lot of technical jargon, what, what it really delivers overall is that you have, as a consumer, as, a ma- as, a, as an architect, as someone who manages an infrastructure, a much more effective and a much more efficient operational model that it, uh, will enable you know the, our whole strategy with the whole software-defined data center, which is all about abstracting, pooling, automating, and making things in life easier. Uh, but still be able to maintain and control and guarantee service levels for your applications. How about that? Sounds good. So basically what we're doing here is we're looking at our storage and we're just going to abstract it like we did with virtualization. So instead of having an individual, you know, manage LUNs and storage arrays and stuff, I just need to worry about my virtual volumes and put everything in there. Correct. So if you look at the way we manage an infrastructure today without uh, the virtual volume framework in place, you know, we tend to manage LUNs. Things are always based on a LUN management uh, basis where, you know, we know the limitations that come with LUN sizing and some of the different things, right? Because we we may want to have X amount of uh, performance capabilities in terms of IOPS for a particular application. Uh, we have limitations on how much we can have because of the, the logical volume that LUN 
that we always have a definition for either we have X number of them or whatnot. And then there, there's contention between all the objects that reside there because they're all competing for the same stuff, right? With virtual volumes, you now have your, your, your volumes or objects, your VM objects that reside on the array natively, and they're able to get what they want, what they need, guaranteed, as no one better than the array system knows how to provide those resources and services for those virtual machines. Is that similar to Tintory's VMware storage appliances? I mean, how is that? Is a very good, good point, right? So Tintory has an approach to have that sort of VM kind of everyone comes in first. Well, yes, it's similar to that. Uh, and Tintory is actually one of the partners who's on, uh, on uh, one of the uh, development partners of Evolves. And you'll see that now when we uh, when the product is it's released uh, fairly soon. They're actually one of the main guys and apply so that same I benefit on everything. Okay. What if I want to do like NFS instead of ones? Does Vivals care what kind of protocol I'm using under the covers? Absolutely not. So the the thing about Vivals is that, you know, we're still going to be able to leverage the same existing protocols that are within the industry. The the fiber channel, the iSCSI, the fiber channel over Ethernet, the NFS. It's based on the implementation. So the goal is not really to introduce a new proprietary type of protocol medium of communication, but simplify and abstract the, the complexity that exists with, with managing storage with the different components that are out there and just make it all about the application itself and what it needs to to have better performance that are guaranteed through you know better SLAs and things like that. More application it's aware. Nice. So it, I mean, in a sense... I mean, that's, that's why we do things, right? It's about the applications. We tend to play around a lot with virtual machines and stuff and all infrastructure, but it's really about the applications what we're doing this stuff for. So Vivals will be able to understand how a SQL server uh, performs better and, and basically will tune itself to make that SQL server run a lot better. Same thing for Exchange or any type of, you know, high-performing application server. Right. So so here, here's one thing about, so, so Vivals itself is, you know, the implementation will give you some capabilities that are part of that. One of the things that ties into the performance aspect you mentioned now is the fact that we have this policy model, this policy-driven model, which allows to allows your 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 storage system to expose what capabilities it has, right? So normally, we have you know storage array systems that have a particular configuration for a particular application. For in this example, Exchange. So these are normally capabilities that you assign on a per lun basis, particularly from a performance perspective. Now you'll be able to assign these policies which is how virtual volumes works, based on, on a, on a policy-driven model, and then have these volumes, and this policy is attached to the individual volume so that when you say a performance that it needs to maintain and be sustained and needed for a, a database, for example, maybe, for example, now the the disk on which the database is actually stored, maybe you, you actually apply a policy that guarantees X amount of performance capacity, whatever the, the storage subsystem provides, and it will be... And the vSphere will be able to maintain that compliance, and the array is actually it's able to provide that. And at the same time, instead of having to deal with you know doing a lot of the heavy lifting through the hypervisor stuff, just about every single heavy operation from a storage perspective is offloaded to the array. So now we don't have to bring stuff up to the to our VMware stack. We basically offload a lot of the operations directly to the array, so that things are faster and better and more efficient. Yeah, exactly. I was demoing this left and right at the NetApp booth at VMworld. And like, say, for example, you know, you had your gold policy and that was, you know, you know your all-flash array or whatever, and that's where you would put all your database 
things mm-hmm. as a you know as a administrator you know your workflows could just say you know put my databases on in the gold policy and that's the extent of it it's really super easy to use and really easy right. to set up too right on the back end then are there any storage limits i mean because today lons can be very limiting right no limits it just reads no, the storage so, they, so there are some limits so there are some limits, okay. but the limits are not really imposed by not all the limit, limits are imposed by the software, right? So, for mm-hmm. example, one of the limits that we'll be able to overcome with virtual volumes, for example, is you may be able to have and accommodate larger capacity without having to do as many LUNs as we would do, right? Because today we have a limit on the, on the number of LUNs that could be presented per host based on the path and all of that stuff. But the reason we do that is because we don't want to have these really large LUNs because of recoverability factors that it would take too long to do it. And it might be some limitations there as well. Now you'll be able to create a less number of logical units, which in, which the terminology now from a storage perspective for VVOLS is a storage container, which is basically a bucket, which you just put virtual volumes in and you control it. So we don't want to get in the business of managing virtual volumes. We basically control it through a container. That container is getting X capacity, X capabilities on the array. But when it comes to limits, uh, we'll have to now, the limitations will be based on what the array implementation can actually do. For example, you may find that certain uh, implementations may not be able to support a larger number of volumes per array. In that case, you know, VVOLS is designed to be, to support millions and thousands of components. But an array implementation may not be able to support that. So they may have a limitation in the 20, in the thousands, like 20,000, 40,000. So when you start calculating how we consume that, you will do it in the way that, you know, how do, how do, how are these volumes, because how do we get to count them? So there, there are five different types of virtual volumes that are assigned to virtual machines, depending on what they are. Obviously, there's a, what we call a config VVOL, which is all with all the configuration of a virtual machine of those components that are located. There's a data VVOL, which is basically the, the, the VMDKs. There's a mem VVOL, which is for snapshots. And there's, an, there's a, we have an other type, depending on different implementations, because an object will be created. So how do you get to this limit? The, lar- the, the more components, the more, the more components a virtual machine may have, it's a different VVOL that's created per, you know, in terms of towards that, right? Which is uh, kind of similar to what we have with, with virtual sign, where virtual sign has a a component limit, but that's software that's us on the array-based stuff with VVOLS is based on what the array capabilities are. If, you, if, if the implementation and design can really have a really large scale, you can have hundreds of thousands of VVOLS. Obviously, that, that would be the kind of limitation that exists there, but it may or may not. Awesome. So if I create, let's say I have this, one of the big things about VVOLS is like VM level granularity. I can do whatever I want to my specific VM. So if I uh, take a snapshot of my VM, that, does that technically create another VVOL, or is that called something else? Yes. So, okay. so there's a couple of things, right? So obviously, when we're dealing with arrays snapshots, so there's a, the concept of doing an array snapshots, which now when you have VVOL in place, there will there'll be two things you'll deal with. So there's the VMware, VM virtual machine snapshot that we traditionally take when we're patching things. On the array side, we normally take snapshots for as a form of a backup and recovery mm-hmm. and testing things. Those still exist. When you use the storage provider, storage vendor solution to do snapshots beyond and they're outside of the virtual machine, those are what we call unmanaged snapshots, which when you want to interact with them and, and, and 
work with them, you obviously, this is obviously not something that you get access from the virtual machine settings, go to the snapshot manager and deal with it. So they still function the same way outside, but it's still um, something at the array level. But whenever you take a snapshot of a virtual machine, it creates another um, virtual volume for that particular machine. What else? <laughs> <laughs> So one of the big things, so we get our VM level granularity, which is really super cool and makes things mm -hmm. to manager, because we're kind of really going to more of a logical thing here. So how does this tie into, you know, VC or automation and orchestration and things like that? I love that question. You're just setting me up. I love it. <laughs> me love never. It. So, you know, the, in, in reality, you know, VMware talks about the software-defined data center. Uh, and we've been able to really introduce that by, if you look at what's done, with, what's been done with compute, abstracted, pull resources into one bigger pool, and provide and serve it up as one. That sort of stuff has been done already for network. Finally, uh, we've done it on onto storage, and the automation piece comes in how we consume it, all all three pillars, in a form of a bucket. So, one thing that I started working on last year probably may have seen it on Twitter, this thing called Project Magic. So one of the things that I that I, I call it Project Magic because some some emotion thing to happen, but it was just funny, but it's not real project or anything like that. It's just something that we created. Um, and it focuses around the automation of a software-defined data center where the entire process, the entire knowledge of a storage infrastructure is 100% abstracted. That consisted on the fact that through that automation framework, Instead of you or any one of us admins or system engineer, instead of being able to say, okay, I want to deploy a virtual machine. Let me choose the LUN where I'm going to put it because the X, those are the ones that have access to, those are the ones that we need. Instead of doing that now, we're able to assign a capability, a service level, a policy. You let that policy, based on what you need, uh, provision the storage. For example, in that integration piece that I did, whenever I choose, in the things that I created for virtual volumes, I was using a, I was using a Dell array, a NetApp array. And whenever I wanted to have a certain level of, of, of dedupe and compression certain things, I would choose, I would create a policy that is exposed based on what the NetApp capabilities were. When you when you want to deploy something and consume it, you don't go and say, I want to go to the NetApp LUN, I want to go to this LUN. You say, this application needs X service, right? And the service that I would tie into is what I would expose. And the same thing went with the different levels of arrays and capabilities. So what happens is that when you provision, uh, this is going to be interesting here, when you provision the storage, when you, when you make the request for the VM, the system will automatically do that. But the thing is that there was no additional clicking for, let me choose the LUN, that, that manual risk that exists. So for example, when you also look at you know, there's it's, it's, uh, as much as we can have an environment, an operation uh, model dialed in manually, we can still make mistakes because we can choose the wrong LUN by mistake, mm -hmm. the wrong click, and things can go in the wrong place, right? This sort of thing sort of eliminates that, uh, eliminates the risk from doing that because now your provisioning, because it's automated, you, all you have to choose is a capability. And if your capability is being offered by your particular array that you support today in this VBOLS, that's where it's going to land automatically you'll see that your service levels will be guaranteed based on what's defined in the infrastructure. But you no longer have to worry about, oh, I want to go to that loan, I want to go to this loan. That goes out the window. That's where 
the whole thing comes together with policy and the whole uh, pooling and extending that framework beyond just the internal VMware virtual science stuff. And now we go to external race, NAS, and science, and different environments. So yeah, clearly, that's the software-defined data center. Correct. What, what you just described there. Yeah, yeah. So we actually, I can tell you that now, you know, we, we've been pushing this for a fine data center for a while. We've been, obviously, it's a, it's working towards that. I think that now more than ever, we can talk about that and deliver it because now it becomes something that is consumed and managed entirely based around policies uh, as long as you have the infrastructure to support that, right? Um, yeah, and there's a lot of really good things that come with that. Well, cause, because, you know, as an application owner, who really cares what the back end is as long as it's running fine? As long as, as long as it gives me the performance that I need, I really don't right. care if it's a Dalray or NetApp right. or Tintree. Right. I, I don't care. Right. But it, as long as my server's running fast and it's, right. there's no latency. Because you, know, you, yeah. know, you know customers have all types of devices. They're not just going to have one. They never have one. It's impossible. Yeah. So, and, you know, and they Too many few lunches. The, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, different devices offer different capabilities and they have a different value, different purpose, and different reasons why they're there. Now, if you start managing them uh, and, and choosing things in that way, sure, you can do that in a very static format, which is a more of an old-school, I would say, way. Now you can just basically, you're able to consume those components and resources in a very dynamic, very uh, service-level demanded kind of thing where, you know, there are implementations of, of virtual volumes that I've seen. I don't want to mention anybody, but they have very specific policies defined around exchange. Right? Because they know this kind of application comes onto this platform uh, because they have a particular best practice on how their solution is managed and configured and all the benefits they inject for, virtu for virtualized solutions exchange. And you don't have to manually do that. You basically say, this workload will be an exchange workload. That's the application. I want a policy for that particular disk that matches that. And that's what you get, and you get all the benefits without having to do all the different heavy work that we normally do. Yeah, because I remember when I was a VMware administrator, if I need like a data store to be high performance, I'd have to give it, you know, like cluster five, data store uh, one, high perf, and like whatever, right. cluster two, data store archive, and it was it was really a pain to right. manage. It was horrible. Right. And, and as an application, I really don't care. Wait, you don't uh, care. You just uh, want your 50 gigs of space. It's going to be yeah. really fast. No, I want two terabytes of space. Uh, sorry. And, sorry. Uh, and I want 100 gigs of RAM and yeah. 12 CPUs. Yeah. And I really, I, and I don't want anything less. And it better run fast. Right. So, and you want, and, and the thing is that you want that to be sustained throughout the life cycle yes. of that application, right? Yep. So with with the policy framework and virtual volumes, you get that, right? Uh, and in the event that you don't get it, right? Because obviously there is that opportunity for that to happen. There's this compliance factor now in the in, in within vSphere that tells you, you know, I yeah. can I can correct that and. There are tunings and the things, some of the solutions that, you know, it's designed to fix itself, to sort of self-healing. It works towards getting to guaranteeing what you've requested in terms of the policies. A policy is a policy, right? We don't know how that works. But the time one is not available when you can't really satisfy the, the requirement. Within the vSphere uh, environment, you'll see the flags as non-compliant, right? And it will invoke some sort of action where you have to make sure that you're getting what you need. But you'll, you'll, you'll get heads up before the actual user um, start suffering the, the pain point of, of what's happening. It's awesome. It Love is. It. It's awesome. Grab life by it's, the V-Balls. It's great. Yeah. That's what I'm it's saying. Fun. I've been playing with it really since, cool. I don't know how long. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So when 
Um, you said it's not released yet. Is there any right. word on when that will happen? Is this, okay, is I don't this want to go to jail or anything. Okay, I don't, okay. I don't want you to go to jail. Is it this, will be in talk. a future release of vSphere, right, Rob? Is this the, okay. is this the big announcement? I'm, I'm just going to say, second? whenever we release... What? Someone say what? <laughs> I didn't say it. No. He but said... He said we're going to say something. There's a so-called big announcement coming up in February. Yeah. I keep, yeah. yeah. Well, what's what's Listen, the deal with that? Let's make it special. Yes, we're going to say something. We're going <laughs> to say that I probably got a promotion. All right. Uh, I'm not trying good. to get anybody in trouble. And, and Watson is now in charge of VMware. Yeah. Are you? Um, I won't give you a, uh, an actual defined date, but it's coming. Okay. And in February second, we will we will announce some things, uh, and certain things will become available on a certain date for everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so where awesome. are you? Is that like a white cement yeah, wall behind you or something? Like you're not like in prison or something, are you? I come and do my thing. Because <laughs> everyone's getting kind of like motion sick from shaky cam right now. No. <laughs> Wait, is the shake cam thing working? I mean, it's supposed to, the new iPhone's supposed to have like, correct? <laughs> Correction. Yeah, maybe we should let totally We should probably let our audience know that you're actually live using a, an iPhone or yeah. a, I'm sorry, a mobile device. You're, you're not using a laptop. So that's why there is a little bit of a, a shaky cam going on. So yeah, we are totally bad. mobile right either. now. Let him know that I'm not drunk. He's not <laughs> drunk. But he does, have, he does have a drink with him. for that, that kind of behavior, you know? Yeah. He does have a drink I'm with him. I'm not nervous. No. I'm a little nervous, but just a little bit. Just, where's your umbrella? What did you do with what the umbrella? Where's your drink? Yeah, where's your drink at? The umbrella it's drink. It's inside. I can go get it. Yeah, go get it. Come on. Let's go, go. Yeah, go, go get yes. the umbrella drink. <laughs> let, me show, let me show what I'm working with. Yeah. Can we see? Let, let everybody see your drink. Let me get my drink. Dave's drink. Give me a wallet. Give me a wallet. If it tastes a little bit funny, that's how we do it. Hey, we spit it. Sure. That's how we do it. <laughs> it's how you roll. You know that face. I don't know if you know him. Nobody knows him. You know that guy right there. You know Alan? Yes, William. Tonight was it's the uh, Wrecking Crew's regular annual dinner. So we wouldn't miss this. We do this every year. Every quarter. Whenever we can. It's like a this party. Meal. So it's her dinner. What are you guys eating? Ooh. That looks good. I'm not kidding. It's delicious. Oh, there's the, there's the purple umbrella. That just happened. That just happened. Yeah. You had quite a group with you tonight. It's pretty wild. They probably uh, put weird stuff in my drink. <laughs> uh, they tweeted all those photos that you saw. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah. But hey, you know, it's great, though, that you're able to join us tonight. I wanted to. I saw you guys' podcast. I was like, man, I got to get on that thing. <laughs> well, glad to have you. Where else do you see, like, uh, a podcast with, like, it's just, like, first of all, run by three women. I'm like, I want to be the fourth. I got to get in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be the only one wearing the dress, right? <laughs> I've done it before. 
from costumes, you know, the stuff on the internet that you might find, I just, I can't really, I don't know. So, I'm, I'm, I'm game. Why is Vivals all capital V's? Like, explain the whole, you know, because normally it's lowercase v, and then then you have, like, VM, which yeah, is... Yeah, sometimes you have an upper, lowercase yeah, upper I'm case letter. I'm really confused by this whole spelling thing. What's the deal with oh, that? The, Let's set the, this straight. Tell the world so why. Here, here's the deal. I tend to be pretty sensitive when it comes to naming. I'm ridiculously <laughs> anal about this. So... VMware is no longer doing, uh, you know, there was a time that everything was lowercase v. But I believe it was more of a, that was part of a product line, you know, brandy that came together. Um, and I think they started moving away from that, right? Not, not I think, I know they started moving away from that. So now some of the abbreviations of the, of the, some of the acronyms will no longer carry that. The only acronym that carries the lowercase v now these days now, I'm not going to say the only one because they just released another one, right, which is just totally contradicts what I just said right now. <laughs> it's V-Motion, right? But then other than that, the V-Realize suite has to be the small V. V-Vols is... What about V-Sphere? It's, it's still a little V, right? Right, that's, but that's old, right? That's part it's of that. Old, yeah. that. Okay, so you're saying everything new is going to be big Vs. Eh, it could be, be. Could for, be. Most, for the most part, right? So, for example, you can see that, and even though a lot of folks on Twitter, just they just do that to upset me. Because <laughs> I just say stop doing it. I don't know what product you're talking about. They do lowercase v, and it's really capital V, virtual sand, virtual volume. So I guess that's the new, um, sort of the new branding. Because it's not including anything, to be honest with you, other than than the fact that I just like to keep it all the same. You know. It's really confusing. Mm, just I, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I think it's a little better if I have really big v balls anyway. So it's, it's yeah, big v balls are a good thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, the first time I looked at all the Vs, it almost looked like Volkswagen. <laughs> so, <laughs> it actually you. does. Thank you. This is going to go, so, this is now going to go, obviously, uh, viral. And everyone's going to call it, yeah, the Volkswagen. Grab oh, the, <laughs> the Volkswagen. The Volkswagen volume. I'm going to get a virtual Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but it's, it's totally super engineered, though. Yeah, it, it runs like a tank. It'll never break. There you go. I mean, I mean, remember, the Vivals is basically uh, allowing the arrays to understand what a virtual machine is. So now it, everything is on the arrays. So it's if the array is super powerful, it's a tank. It'll behave and it'll act like a tank. Right. Yeah. It, it's awesome. It sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think yeah. I am too. I can't wait. I've been playing with it. It's, I'm just so excited for it. Yeah. NetApp, has a pretty, NetApp has a really good implementation. There's a lot of really cool things that are ported over to the uh, sort of to the vSphere admin. There's two worlds here still, right? There's a, there's a portion right. for the storage admin. There's a portion for the vSphere admin. But the one thing is that now the storage admin and the vSphere admin can at least now this one time talk the same language. Exactly. That's so a really good point. One, you know, that's 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 the cool thing. So we don't have to have like mishaps with like wrong handoffs, like. What's the UUID? What's the Lund group? What's the, you know, whatever. <laughs> what? Now it's like, I need a container. Sure. I need a virtual, sure. Where are my virtual volumes? Here. So now the storage guy will be able to tell you, yeah, there's a config vehicle. There's this type of evil. I need to restore that. Sure. I know what that is. I guess I'm, I'm excited to see it because I, I started using Tintree 
about a year ago, two years ago. So to see this and implement it with Tintry, I'm kind of, you know, I'm excited to see how this is going to go with it. I just got a Tintry already not too long ago, and it's awesome. It is. They're, they're pretty cool. What they do is awesome without Vivols, and they are yes. like one of the big Vivols like partners. So I can't wait to see, like, work. finally, once I get my hands on, on their implementation and what they do, because they do some really cool stuff. Yes, they do, and it's so easy to set up. Oh, my I God. Mean, it, I mean, I, I've worked with NetApp yeah. easy as well, but Tintree, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just up and running, so I'm really yeah. interested to see how this works with Evil. Yeah. I, I'm really, yeah, this is going to be really cool stuff, especially since I deal a lot more with applications now. Yeah. Um, you know, just really from the application side, how this could really be more efficient. I mean, just... just just think about it. Like even the fact that you deal with applications, you know what your application needs. So when you you exactly. don't have to worry about architecting or, or having to deal or manage an infra, storage infrastructure to get what you need for your for your application. If you can basically tell now, you can basically say very very you know, I'm using X array. Um, the, I know what the array can do. Once these policies are exposed, you say, this is the kind of policy I want to apply to this individual object. Because we're not talking the entire virtual machine, right? because maybe maybe you don't want the high performance on the on the operating system disk BMDK. Right. Maybe you don't want the high performance on the on the, on the the you know stale logs that you may have. Maybe you want it where the database is, and you want it where, where the, a lot of the read action is happening, and you can selectively put it there. So you can, you don't, you know, it was guaranteed you don't misuse it. I mean, there's some really incredible stuff being put forth, like... Being able to guarantee IOPS, that's insane, right? Uh, that's there's one of the implementations for Vivos that I think solid fires, that's, that solid fires like like really kind of like strangle and everything, right? They can guarantee that stuff today. So when they when they do that with Vivos, it's like now you can say, I need 100 IOPS guaranteed at a minimum with the ability to burst up to X and the ability to kind of go beyond that guarantee per volume. That's, that's pretty amazing. Well, I see this as taking that VMware admin and the application admin into almost one job because, I mean, I'm pretty fortunate that I have an understanding of virtualization in application, mm -hmm. so I can make you know I can make the environment run really well. I, I, I know it, but for a VMware admin, sometimes they don't know how applica you know certain applications run, so they're just going to make something very generic. But this Let's is be honest. Give, yeah, this is going to give them the ability. Admin never knows what the application does. Yeah. Come so on. this is going to give them the ability to really yeah. understand yeah. the application a little bit more. Um, and it makes it, it makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, because now the vSphere admin can can serve up what you need. Right? Yes, they're so they're going to be more attuned to the environment. Right, right. They'll be able to satisfy the requirements of an application, even though don't get me wrong. There's work that needs to be done by the storage admin. There's work that needs to be done by the vSphere admin, but the consumer, the one who ends up using all the resources, the, the application, things are a lot easier. You know, the reduced risk. There, the agility on being able to get you what that application needs without having to manually do the process that we normally do is insane, right? That's that's the real value that it, the, uh, the operational efficiencies that are delivered with that. Yeah. So besides VVols, there's all sorts of other stuff going on in the technology mm -hmm. world this week. Um, what's this about Patch Tuesday, like, going away? AGMP? Like, have you heard about that? I heard some rumblings that Microsoft isn't going to announce it anymore like they usually do. I guess it's going to be to just Premier customers. Something. So it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not going away, right? But the whole thing of the they're not going to email it. is going away yeah. because they're only going to, you know, send out the security alerts to their premium support people or something like that. Yeah, to the important people. 
Everybody has to do patching. We, we, we do love the patching. And, and I'm not sure and, and how I feel about this. I think this is kind of, I don't know. I think they, I, I do kind of like the notices that they give out. But at the same time, it's sort of annoying. To, but for people that don't have that premiere um, contract, uh, yeah, you kind of, you know. Support thing, okay. Yeah. It kind of makes you go, hmm. I think it's interesting, too, because I think the larger customers have the ability to have purchased other tools that might notify them about the patches, yet they're the only ones who are going to get the email notifications. Exactly. I think it's I think it's the, the companies that, that don't they have don't. the contracts that need it the most. Yeah, the, the small mom and pop shops, you know, the 20-person yeah. shop, you're kind of, they're the ones that are running America when you think about it. Majority this of businesses. This is where a company like, like you guys remember Shavlik? Yes. yes. The VMware acquired. Oh, yes. Ago, yes. You know, and I don't know what we did with it, but uh, <laughs> that was one of those companies that sort of did this sort of thing, right? Provide us Absolutely. sort of patching service. I'm sure someone else will, will spin up if that's the case, you know, and be able to provide the, uh, the SMB, the, uh, the service at some cost. But, you know, that big expense will get amortized somehow somewhere else. I guess they're just trying a different route. Or maybe they're trying to get people to go the premium support route. It, so, it so feels that way. Yeah, it does. It's sort of sad. Mm -hmm. you know? It's kind of weird. Does anybody else try to charge for letting you know that there's a patch needed? <laughs> HP <laughs> for patches, though, I think. I think you, can, you, 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 have to have, yeah, you have to have the support contract to download certain like firmware upgrades and things like that, but to let you know that it's there? Come on. Really? Yeah, there should just, it's just, it should be public. That's yeah. my opinion. It just, just put it out there. Come on, your software broke. Why, why do I have to pay you for the fix? <laughs> very true, very true. Um, and I guess uh, there is some big conference this week. Yes, the Consumer, yeah. Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah. You know the yeah. stuff comes out? Yes. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Did you see people walking around? I know, there were some nice TVs. The curved monitors, that's like one of the oh. new things, right? Hey, I try to get, I try, like two years ago, I tried to get a, like a curved monitor. Like I think Dell was working on one. It would like go wrap around your head, like around you. I was like, awesome. I need one of those. Don't 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 the dentist office have those? No, I'm just kidding. The big <laughs> panoramic. Like a radiologist. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, no um, you go to a radiology <laughs> office. They normally have like a, at least five or sure. six in a curve, but no, they're not one monitor, but they have a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, they had like a curved, curved monitor. They had a curved phone, too, I guess. Yeah. That's so retarded. Thing. I'm sorry. The LG curved phone, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it first. You normally carry your phone in your back pocket. What's going to happen when you put it the other way and you sit on it? <laughs> I, I have a curved phone. Um, I, mean, I have a curved butt too, but it's not really not to shape, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? When it doesn't match, it's gonna snap. I can curve my iPhone 5s. I I curved it a couple weeks ago. It actually. You must, some, you must be working with some some serious stuff back there. That curve the well, iPhone. yeah, I, I showed it to my husband. I'm like, yeah, my, my screen like pops out and gets all curved on me. Yeah, it it actually tilts to the right a little. I guess my right, or it could be your left. I get a refund. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it, oh, I, get, I don't know, Apple support. Oh, no, I, I did on purpose. So it, it's definitely curved. Uh, I wanted to see if I could curve it. It, it. It's curved. You wanted to put a little uh, character into that phone. Yeah. I see, I see. I yeah, it. It, I, it. I, def I curved my 5S. 
It's, I mean, it. it's been thrown around too. So it's 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 pretty tough. Nice. Though. I don't want mine curved. <laughs> you don't want to match your butt. <laughs> no. I'm I'm actually gonna see like let me see what your phone looks like, dude. You must have a really nice butt. <laughs> Look at the curve you put on that phone. <laughs> like you meet yeah. someone else. Whatever. Can can I see your phone before we go out? Wow, look at the curve you put on that phone. Oh, I saw that phone now. before. I know that curve. <laughs> that's, that's my phone. How do you know the curve? It matches me. I've seen that curve before. Yeah. You were over there, weren't you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know how that curve well, goes. Rollinson, thank you so much yeah. for joining us this evening. We're going to let you go back and eat your dinner and drink your drink with the pretty... Um, Umbrella now. Vivals, job life by the Vivals. You know Thank you so pink much. Umbrella, was it pink or purple? It was purple. I thought it was hey, purple. it was my pleasure being on this. Let's do it again. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you need some entertainment, call me. I, I could go unplug whenever. You got it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> hey, All have right. a great evening. Have a great evening. Vivals.